0: Cindy's Choice is powered by integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. It's Cindy's Choice to be brave and make a difference. Cindy here, and thank you. Thank you for being here. going to jump right back in to this destitute to destiny story. And I was talking about, oh my goodness, it's just, it's kind of overwhelming me right now when I, yeah, I don't think about, you know, I posted something today, like, you know, just hold forgiveness for the past, you know, your courage for the present and hope for the future. I don't give the past much, you know, I learn from it and move on. And so this is kind of fascinating when I dig in a little deeper, because I'm telling you, the rug was just completely pulled out from under me. Here I am, the single mom finally breaking through, you know, focusing on prioritizing my children. um, Bill, for the first time ever, I had a support system, my church. I had a church family, and thank you, Jesus, that I did, because when this happened, that's a lot why I was able to manage, is I finally had a support system, and it was, it was my church, and, and I, I it's important to say right here, it's like so many people, like, will run to the church for support when they kind of get in trouble, but, you know, that wasn't, I had already we'd been a member of that church i'd been serving at that church you know we'd been attending that church i I remember you know even at that point i was asked to share my testimony quite often especially like with other women at the the women's groups and so forth because i'd already you know overcome so much and you know to find christ and be rebuilding my life as a single mother with all these challenges you know i had a good story then so you just stay with me because it's like it's like way better now so there I am, so sick that I can hardly function. But thank you, Jesus. I had a really good support system. Um, lots of folks were coming and helping me with the children. And, and actually, there was a mixed blessing because I, I was there with my children. My daughter had actually, when this happened about the same time, she was going through surgery on both of her ankles. And they did the surgeries at the same time. Well, guess what? That surgery didn't take. So she had to go back and get two more surgeries. They separated it next time, you know, an, another surgery on that ankle and then another surgery on the other. So I was, you know, we were kind of sick together there for a while. But I remember as difficult as it was being so thankful that I could be there because she was having to, you know, homeschool and all kinds of things went on through that period. But so, you know, all of a sudden I'm in all this pain. I have all these other crazy symptoms, you know, the fatigue, the, um, the brain fog. The uh, nar- narcolism part is like all of a sudden you could just fall asleep. And the, the I, I, there, there was all, all kinds of things going on. So I'm on all these medications, and one of those for pain, of course, is the oxycodone. And, you know, this was a while back, and I was very naive to – I'd never really had to deal with pain medication. I'd never been sick before, for goodness sakes. Not anything – only time I'd ever really been to the hospital was to have my babies. So I um, – I, I've st- on the oxycodone and all these other medications, and all of a sudden, I'm having these horrible, just ugly, nasty rage episodes. Now, I tell, I'd kind of had a little bit of that going on, but that had kind of gotten better. I th- think it seems like that was right right after we moved, and I was just taking on so much with the new job and the move and all the stresses. And but I'd kind of gotten that, you know, I'd gotten a grip and was over that, and all of a sudden this just this and the, and I remember these kinds of fits of rage, and then I remember afterwards kind of like literally like what just happened it It was really like you know I'd come out of myself or something, and I did something very brave because my uh, ex's family just there there wasn't any support there whatsoever, but I didn't know who else to call, so <laughs> my Um, ex-sister-in-law was a nurse, and so I'm calling her, and I'm like, of all the people, I don't want to know that I'm struggling, but I was kind of desperate. I didn't want to keep having, you know, these rage fits, and I called her, and she said, Cindy, read the bottle. Read that OxyContin bottle, and I read it, and there is describing, like, insanity and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, whoa. So I, you know, got back to my doctor immediately. Well, they took me off the oxycodone and put me on morphine. I was on 90 milligrams of morphine a day, 60 milligrams in the morning. And I had three, like 10 milligram tabs for breakthrough pain throughout the day, still in just utter pain. I had a TENS unit. I was, you know, getting therapy that we were just doing everything, you know, trying to manage in every way possible to get this under wraps. And the doctors told me, they said, Cindy, this, you need to accept this is something you'll always have. You'll just learn to manage it better. And I'm like... No <laughs> no no, 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 I'm not buying that, no, well, two years in, I'm worse. it's like uh, i'm is I'm not getting better at all, and you know we're still okay, got great you know support through the church, and um again, there was some benefits to me you know being more available to my children, um, but I you know, so i have I have to accept and realize, and I know my Partly my pride had been in the way a lot here that I was going to have to, uh, like, apply for disability. Because I was already kind of real unhappy with the fact that, you know, I was codependent on the government for medical and groceries. So I I wasn't, that was messing with me. Now, I was finally getting into a place where I could really contribute, you know, to the community and be self-sufficient. And then here I am, like, being a burden on our community is how it felt to me. But I remember the doctors just reassuring me. They said, Cindy, you are who this is designed for. You, you know, you, you have, you're out there contributing. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. We're glad to see you here, you know, and that, you know, we can help you. That you, this is who the system is designed for. So that helped me some, but it's still, it just, it, and that's something we'll talk, we'll dig deeper into because I get it. I get why people get in that trap of, um, you, you, you just think that's your only option. And that's where I was. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm two years in. I'm not getting better. I got to do something. So the attorney didn't hesitate to taking my case. He said, Cindy, he goes that they'll, they'll deny it twice because that's just kind of, the, but it'll take about two years, but you will definitely, you qualify for a disability with all the doctor's records and the, you know, proof of work and all that kind of stuff. And so we began that process. So that was going to take about two years. We're already two years into this thing. Well, about another year later, I'm even worse. And as I share that with you, I was worse physically. But, you know, I, my faith was stronger than ever. Isn't, isn't that crazy? well, And again, that's a whole other series when we talk about the faith journey, the journey with Jesus. But at the same time, you know, I I wasn't getting any better. And it was starting to wear on me because... Um, the doctors were always insisting all these medications they had me on and they were like, Cindy, we need to add something for depression. And I'm like, no, you know, I'll give in. Okay. I'll take the morphine. You know, I'll take this, I'll take that, you know, the provigil to fight the narcolepsy and I forget all the medications. It was a ton of them. I said, but I'm just, I was adamant that I wasn't going to take depression medicine. I knew that I could not risk numbing anything I was feeling. Now, listen to me. <laughs> Even I, I, I did this and I'm like, really? I, it was bad. I was, I was in utter, utter pain, but I knew that I could not risk not feeling everything I was supposed to feel. I, I just like, you know, I shared back in the eighties and I resisted the cocaine. I'm just, I don't know where that came from, but something told me, no you know and, and plus we'll we'll talk about that more another time like i said i had my own kind of like internal mania cocaine <laughs> I, I i had my internal upper just from the the ptsd of this um hypervigilance of my life you know that i was conditioned toward but still you know something told me nope that you know cocaine is something that i like i could get dependent on that would get a hold on me just Going to stay away from that. That's kind of how I felt about depression medicine. And I'd had a brief encounter when I was married. I'd gotten some, like, secular therapy briefly, and they had put me on Zoloft. And I remember thinking, yeah, you know, it's like, I feel a little better, but I wasn't dealing with anything. You know, that's a dangerous place to be, and I'm just so thankful. You can tell in this moment, like right now, I am so thankful. Somehow I knew. Lean into that pain. Now, the physical pain, that was different. I'd get some help there. But the emotional pain, I needed to to manage. I needed to learn to do that. And a lot how I did with that was just a lot of diving into my Bible. And I just used that time to, you know, to uh, to build my relationship with Christ and just really dig in and get an understanding and understand that as confusing as it was, there was purpose in what was being allowed. And, but here I am three years into this, a year into disability and I'm not in in, any better. And again, this will get explained more like in the, the other series, the journey with Jesus series or whatever we decided to call this one. But there was a lot of faith involved, but you know, my daughter was 16 at this point. It, it was time for her to go be with dad. Me and my son weren't quite ready to separate yet. Yeah. I'd had plenty of time with my daughter and I knew they needed their dad time. But see, that gets all, that's confusing too because that environment wasn't the best. And I'm, yeah, I'm kind of dancing around that. I don't want to sound, I don't want to bash anyone, but the facts are what they are. I mean, I can't, how am I going to tell my story if I'm not truthful? But that wasn't a, a healthy environment. And though mine was strained and, you know, maybe not the healthiest, at least I was demonstrating, you know, I, I, I didn't, like, get my life turned around till I had them. And, you know, that started when I was going through the divorce. That I started making these attempts to get my life turned around. So they, I wasn't always setting the best examples, but my kids saw me taking responsibility for my life and doing my best to turn it around. And that's the best I could do for them at that time. And I was so thankful for getting it in time You know, I was kind of, I was kind of growing up with them and, but at least, you know, they could see me putting that effort in of trying to do my very best. And I'm not going to get into too much about, I don't want to be talking about things that I'm not totally informed in, but, you know, through the divorce, um, I'd been made the bad guy, I'd been demonized, and there was just so much division when um, I I was trying to create unity and, and still like co-support the children and so forth and it just wasn't going to happen. So it wasn't easy to um you know, I wanted my I sincerely wanted my daughter to have her dad time, but it wasn't easy when it wasn't the best environment for her to go back to. And it I'll share later. It didn't last very long. As soon as she was eighteen, she was out of there. But um my it was a little soon for me and my son. We struggled and I'll dig more into that later, too. But what ended up happening is three years in, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I can't go another year, you know, killing myself just so I can get on this disability that's just a minute amount a month anyway. You're not allowed to make much over that. And it's just kind of hard to explain. We'll dig in deeper later. Uh, I'm like, no, Uh, Corey's going to her her dad's. So at some point, I'm like, I got to get back to Texas, so I'm not too far away from her. And... I don't know how to explain this. I knew my son needed to go, to, And that took, like, um, a couple stages, but we got there. Because neither one of he and I weren't ready to separate yet. You know, I'd had more time with my daughter. And, but but it ended up, that was a responsible thing to do. Well, what this did, I wasn't going to be in Tennessee where, uh, while my children were in Texas, when I was in the situation I was where I could not afford to, you know, be available to them, or get to see them. So I needed to go back to Texas. What this did, you know, I've, I shared with you, finally, finally, I have a support system. I had a healthy support system through my church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'd, I'd gotten involved in that church. I'd been um, not just there kind of receiving and getting fed, but I was contributing and, you know, building community. So I had this amazing support system. And when I went back to Texas... All of a sudden, you know, here I am back on my own again without a healthy support system. And it took me right back to my childhood so that I could not take care of myself. I was still, you know, really struggling health-wise. And it was confusing because I could operate briefly, but my health would get out of whack so easily. And kind of what happened, too, which was really helpful the, um, it wasn't just all these drugs that I was, you know, these pills that I was taking. But I was getting shots of, it was a combination of steroids and um, some kind of medication and steroids kind of cocktail that uh, they would shoot into these, where the most intent, intense spots of pain were. And these are very dangerous shots. Um, I, rem- I had to get them in like my upper back and in my neck a lot. I'll never forget. I got to share this really quick because I remember being in the doctor's office once to get these shots and the doctor was Asian and my daughter was there with me and she's sitting across from me like we're kind of like face to face. And I don't think he knew, you know, you know how you like me, I kind of like, did I just say that out loud? Like (laughs) something I'm thinking kind of comes out loud. So he's behind me, you know, getting ready to put these needles in my neck. And my, my sweet little daughter's face is across from me. And I can hear him go, okay, very dangerous shot, very dangerous shot. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I didn't want to look scared. So I look at her and kind of do my eyebrows like, you know, and she kind of like, I could tell she was trying to like not be scared. So that, you know, we just kind of gave her, gave each other this kind of look like, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> but it just, it it was you know, oh my gosh, when I think about it right now with you, I'm like, oh, what I, what we went through, and, but, um, so, I timed it, I timed my move, where, I back to Texas, where it was right after, because those shots, oh man, they, and, I mean, there's bad side effects, and so forth like that, but what are you going to do, I needed the relief, and if I was going to pull off a big move like that, and get back to Texas, I timed it, like, right after those shots, well, also, what I'd figured out too, something about the steroids and stuff, it kind of would help, like, it, it give me a little bit of energy and would kind of curb my appetite. And it really helped me with dropping, like, all that weight. Cause I'd put on, like, like I said, like over, I don't remember exactly, I think it was over 50 pounds. But a lot of that was inflammation, and the steroids were, you know, helping with that. And, but it did. So I was able to kind of drop a lot of weight, which actually helped me feel a little bit better. I was still de- dealing with horrible pain, but there was some improvement. So I get back to Texas. I'm staying with a friend with no plan. There, I, I um, really soon after I got back there, the transmission went out of my Pathfinder. So I'm homeless uh, without a vehicle you know, couch surfing with a friend, which you can only do that for so long. But I just, you know, I'm a very capable person. I'm very creative. You know, I've, I'm like, and I just felt like if I, if I had a little support, I could get something going that I could manage on my own, kind of like I'd done with the clothing business before, you know, this had hit this disease or whatever it was had hit me so hard. And y'all i'm not going to dig into this too deep because this is this the next season of my life goes on for well over a decade of homelessness of gypsy style living of not being able to take care of myself of being so incredibly vulnerable because now it's like you know when at least when I was a single mom it's like people wanted to like they want to help your unit they want to help you because there's kids involved but you know, that support system isn't there anymore. So now it's just me out there. And the only people that really want to help you are people that can benefit from you or men that recognize your vulnerability and just want you because they can control you and you can like be beholding to them. Dangerous, dangerous territory, I'm telling you. So, oh my God, I, I can't begin to tell you the series of events like i'll I'll just debrief you we'll dig in this another time uh go deeper but you know at some point like i I couch searched with this friend i ended up over with this friend i remember um pulling up to in a borrowed car a loaner car pulling up to a homeless center in dallas texas thinking this is where i'm at i need to go to this shelter i remember going inside and sitting there in that shelter and just like all right you know god if this is what i'm supposed to do you know, let's, let's get this done. I want to get, I sat there for a couple hours. I watched some crazy man that had been staying at the shelter, get arrested, you know, and I, I just tried so hard to be like brave, you know, okay, go to the shelter. And it just, it's just, I don't, it just wasn't time. And I left the shelter not knowing where to go. And I drove up to my, my old church where I'd gotten baptized before I went back to Chattanooga. And I went back there And I just went into the first office that I could see, and I spoke to the lady that was there, and I was, you know, just walked in and said, hey, I used to go to this church. I was baptized here. You know, I've been really sick. I'm homeless right now, yada, yada. I mean, I didn't know what else to do. And she picked up the phone. She calls a lady that was a member of the church that was going through a divorce who had a really, really big house, and she told her about my circumstances and I went hung out there for a couple of months and I you know she kind of helped me try to get something going but when you have health issues that you know and then I wasn't still hadn't really gotten it figured I was starting to get it figured out but I wasn't near kind of figuring out what it took to manage my health condition you can't help somebody (laughs) they can't work (laughs) I mean what do you do And I felt horrible because I didn't have any, I got it. I, you know, I, I appreciated whatever they, you know, the temporary kind of situations because I didn't know what to do. How in the world was I going to get something going for myself? Because that was going to cost, you know, someone else for me to do that. But I, I ended up there in, um, in a relationship where, with a gentleman that I, I still love him to this day because you know, uh, we met and there was this great kind of, of um, you know, the chemistry was there, but that's, you know the work partnership was there because, you know, I realize now that was my way out is, you know, what did I have to offer? You know, I can help somebody with their business. So I wasn't in a situation, I didn't have the capital to get anything going myself, but I'm a good workmate and you know we recognized i was such a help to him with his business almost immediately but then also almost immediately i recognized i'm like oh my goodness i think you're great you're an awesome person but i this has happened too quickly because i know you know what's driving me here i go i'm super vulnerable i'm not making good decisions you know and then he appreciated me being honest Because he's like, you know what, you got me thinking. I've been in a 30-year marriage, and maybe, you know, I need this time. So it just kind of worked out good there for a while that I kind of moved to the other side of the house and, you know, kind of tried to get some, and while I was there, I was able to get a lot figured out about my health and managing better, but it was still taking too long, and I was like, had gotten a good start on getting something going for myself that... You know, I could manage, but I realized I couldn't manage. It was just, you know, when my health would get bad, you just couldn't count on me for anything. And though I was getting these windows where I could do more for like a more extensive amount of time, when it hit me, it hit me. And I I just, I, I hadn't figured it out yet. And then I was starting to feel really bad because this wonderful person, you know, was so understanding. I mean, he was expecting this relationship with me and then right off the bat I'm like, "Nope, we can't do that, but you're stuck with me cuz I have no place to go." Can you imagine? <laughs> but I could not I just could not allow myself like I would I would act in fear. It was like, "Oh my gosh, you know that 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 of course I wasn't recognizing this at the time. I'm seeing this in hindsight. I would make these desperate decisions that were guided by fear. But then once I was kind of in it, then I'd recognize I was like, "Wait a minute." This, you know, I, I, and then, but I was always honest. (laughs) And I'm just so thankful that, you know, he understood and really tried to be supportive. But it was just taking too long. And I remember this pressure of, you know, like I'm in the way of, you know, him moving on with his life. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it just gets so confusing. But it really gets good. It really gets good after this. So you're just going to have to tune in as I share more in the next segment of my destitute to destiny story. And you know what I'm gonna leave you with? I'm gonna leave you with love because I love you. And I want to encourage you to get out there and lead with love. Seek first to understand and make good choices. Overcoming major life challenges that left Cindy homeless and alone on the city streets, puts her in a unique position to make an impact. Contribute to the cause by utilizing the integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. Thank you for being a part of our mission for change, because we can do so much more together.